Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod for episode 96. As always, I'm here with Est, and this week we are incredibly excited to welcome someone who both of us have followed for a very long time, a US national title holder and Olympic athlete, the amazing Colleen Pugley. Colleen has not only won the US 3000 meter steeplechase title, but also placed eighth at the 2016 Rio Olympics, alongside many other extremely inspiring results. Colleen, or Steeple Squigs, as some of you may know her by, is also now competing in the sport of triathlon. What we love most about Colleen is her drive to inspire more young girls and women to stay in sport, something we're going to touch on today. Welcome to the pod, Colleen. How are you and where in the world are you? Gosh, thank you. It's so funny. You're reading that and we're just over Zoom and I'm like holding back the urge to be like, ah, you know, it's too much. And it's so funny because I've been doing this for so long. It's just funny how many times I've done interviews and stuff and I still get like uh, uncomfortable when someone reads my like bio. It's so silly, but thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah, we're so excited to chat to you today and I totally relate to having like all your accolades read out and you kind of want to just run away <laughs> and hide. <laughs> but I need to talk more to my therapist about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely and it's it's interesting eh? because it's actually stuff that you've done and it's like this is just these are just facts but <laughs> I think for me it feels like I haven't done anything exciting in a while so then you read things that you know things that happened a long time ago and I'm like uh yeah but that was a long time ago that feels like a lifetime ago you know what you've been doing in the recent years and I'm sure we'll touch on it is almost more inspiring the impact that you're having on the community around you so you should definitely claim it and be proud thank you thanks yeah lots to talk about today I'm excited to talk to you gals because I feel like you do have an interesting intersection of like athletics and that is definitely one of my passions for sure but you know another passion of women in sport and supporting women in sport and finding different ways to do that um which is, yeah, like you said, like maybe more important, but those are two things that I care a lot about. And so to be able to marry them together, yeah. I'm really also just like really interested in what you gals are doing. I feel like I'm trying to do what I can, but I also am, I have to be so involved, you know, selfishly in my everyday training and stuff that I don't have that much time and energy to devote to this type of work yet. So, uh, and it does take a lot of work. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm excited that people are doing it um, and I want to like support as much as I can well thank you that's so nice um, but even like following you on Instagram and stuff and the content you put out is really inspiring so you're still doing a lot for people who look up to you and would be inspired by you um, but yeah thank you that's so nice um, we will dive right in into your journey if it's okay to start with um, yeah, more so about what you were like as a young girl and what impact um, sport had on you as a as a young woman growing up. Yeah, okay, so I grew up dancing and playing soccer. Um, I did 
jazz tap and ballet in a non-competitive dance studio. So like we didn't go to compete against other studios, but we did have this like traveling dance troupe. And I was part of that from like, oh gosh, I don't even remember. I think you have to be 12 or something to join the group. Whatever the minimum age was is when I started. And we traveled all over St. Louis, Missouri, where I grew up. Um, and that was super, super fun. We did like a Christmas um, mashup thing. I think our shows were like maybe 30 minutes long and it would be like a mashup of different songs. And then we had like a summer show and that was totally different. And so I grew up doing that and playing soccer. I played soccer with um, a really terrible soccer team where we were awful. The St. Louis or the, um, what were we called? The St. Margaret of Scotland Dragons. We were horrible. We lost constantly, but <laughs> we had a lot of fun. We were by no means like a competitive, I didn't like play select soccer or anything. We were horrible, but I ran a lot like playing soccer. I played midfields, classic runner position. And um, yeah, I think it was fun to like dance and soccer were very different, like being part of a team um, and soccer was really fun. And then I did a little wee bit of um, grade school track. So I did like, I was probably like the 60 or something. And then the standing long jump. I do vividly remember standing long jump. I jumped over six feet, which was my dad's height. And so I could, he laid down on the ground. I could stand there, pump my arms three times, theoretically, and jump over my dad. You know, he never, we never actually tried that for safety purposes, <laughs> but um. Yeah, but I don't, I don't remember actually enjoying track at all. I actually think I, I, if I remember correctly, I vehemently hated track because it was just so, my parents were the coaches and so we had to be there the whole time and, you know, start to finish, set up to break down. And it was just like, not fun as a, as a young kid. And so I actually, for a long time, swore that I hated running um, and I didn't, wasn't interested in running. I didn't want to do track or cross country in high school. But when I got to high school, I decided, the story goes, I decided to go out for the cross country team in the fall uh, in order to get ready and, and stay in shape and do conditioning so I could do um, soccer in the spring. That was the plan. But then I went out for cross country and I was like pretty good at it. Turns out I was shocked. Everyone else was not, but I was like pretty good at it and actually had a ton of fun. And the women on the team uh, were so welcoming. Like there was just such a good team vibe. Uh, the seniors were so cool and nice. And I remember just being like a little freshman on the cross country team, just finding like a community and really vibing with them. And then it came time in the spring to go out for the soccer team. And I just, uh, you have to try out for soccer. And this is true now and was true then that I am terrified of rejection and failure. And so I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Like that just sounds scary and opportunity to fail. So I opted out <laughs> and uh, track is no cut. So I was like, well, I met these really cool dope chicks in the fall and cross country and they all said they're doing track and track is no cut and this seems like a no-brainer so that's what I did and um, yeah I actually quit dancing that year and never never played soccer again crazy so, now, now I'm a runner oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, 
it's so weird you telling that story because I feel like um you're telling my life as well like I started out <laughs> dancing I did ballet jazz and tap and then I kind of moved into running and and soccer and I was really bad at soccer I was only like picked for teams because I could run uh <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> which is insane but like looking back at kind of all those sports that you played as a kid what impact do you really think it had on you as a young girl? Like, are there things that you can look back on, especially dancing? Are there things that you can look back and see, like, that really, like, set me up to be an athlete later in life? Yeah, I have a theory that, like, dancing and playing soccer, both of those really helped me become um, a better steeplechaser because um, I ended up in college. I didn't steeple until college, but when I was running in high school, um, I was running and modeling in high school, which we can get into later, but um, I always had like a stronger build. Like it was always kind of athletic. Um, I like have high, right now even, I like have high muscle tone. Like I've always had been kind of muscular. Um, I'm never, was never like the scrawny one. I was always like the strong one. Um, and I never, you know, it took me a long time to appreciate that. Um <laughs> But <laughs> I, yeah, I think I was just always like more athletically built. And I think doing dance and doing soccer, doing movements that were like more dynamic and required, you know, some coordination and lots of jumping and kind of left to right movement, you know, not just like forward and back. Um, by the time I went to go try the steeplechase, which wasn't until like I was 18 or whatever, it was much later. But I think I without knowing it, I kind of like relied on those skills. And when I learned how to hurdle for the first time, my freshman year of college, and I, you know, went over the water pit for the first time ever, it was, it actually was like, not that big of a deal. Like I felt like I did it for the first time. And I remember turning around, I, we did it into the sand pit a few times. And then we put, you know, put the water pit thingy in front of the sand pit and did that a few times. And then we just went for the water pit. And I remember going over it and then being like, Oh, I think that went pretty good. And I like, to, you know, I run over it and I turn around and look at my coach and she's there like, she's standing there like, well, this is it. You know, like I was right that she's a steeplechaser, like done deal. She's going to do this event. Um, and I don't think that was like necessarily, you know, that doesn't happen for everyone. So I was like, okay, I think I have like, you know, have some skills, but like um, some tools that I haven't used in a while from like growing up as an athlete that I can finally like use again in the steeple, which was really fun. Um, and I didn't really know, of course, I didn't know at all as a kid what I was doing. I was just having fun. I was just, I enjoyed being on a team. I enjoyed the way dancing and moving my body in that way made me feel good. And, and I felt like I was good at it. It's always good to, it feels good to be good at something. There's definitely, that's, you know, true for me too. Um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of things that ended up helping me later in life as a, as a distance runner, but I think especially as a steeplechaser. Totally. It's so important to stay involved in multiple sports and like learn different skills and ways to move your body. And then, you know, in your story and your journey, it helped you so much with steeplechase. And um, it reminds me of what you just said of one of my athletes um, and she was a gymnast and yeah. yeah. And so she's done steeples now and she's really good at it. And like, she's like so flexible versus like everyone else running. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Courtney Fruericks, one of my old teammates on Environment Track Club, she grew up um, as a gymnast and actually didn't really even start running until even later than me I started in high school she didn't she was still a gymnast even in high school um, so she really did it late and if you look at her uh, form going over the hurdles and you and you think 
if you didn't know she was a gymnast before and then you watch her hurdle again, you'll see it. You'll be like, oh yeah, gymnast <laughs> for sure. Love I think it. that immensely. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, you touched on modeling just before, and I'd love to understand a little bit more about like when you realized that you were going to go for the goal of being a professional runner versus a model. Yeah. So um my dance teacher, um, Robin, uh shout out Robin from uh Leaping Lizards, actually. I haven't thought about Leaping Lizards in so long, but that was the name of the dance studio. <laughs> Um, and I'm about to go home for Christmas on Saturday. So it's kind of fun to think about. Leaping Lizards was where I learned how to dance. And Robin told me that uh, she had had a career like acting. And and she told me um, that I should, and my mom really, I guess, um, that I should do some, I could be a model. And my mom, being the woman who I know and love so much, said, hell no, my girl is not doing that um no I'm this she's not getting wrapped up in that whole thing we have values and I want to protect my girl from that world and you know it's like super not what we're into but eventually Robin wore her down and was like let's just can she just go do this thing and I was like that was eighth grade so I was also like please mom please I want to do it I'm so fun and cool and it'll be so awesome you know so we wore her down and eventually I went to this super, super cheesy um, mall. Try It was like a, uh, they were doing like an open casting call. I really should dig out the photos. They were doing an open casting call for Macy's for their prom dress. They were doing like a prom dress fashion show. And so they're just an open casting call. And we decided I wore my mom, my Robin and I wore my mom down enough to let me go to that. And so we rocked up to the mall on this certain time and we get to like the section where they, they had like a runway set up and everything like a catwalk set up and they had judges who were like local fashion people. And we rock up and there's this long line of girls, first of all, like a lot more people than showed up than I had mentally prepared for. And all of these chicks had like stage moms and they had done their hair and they were wearing heels and they had like full makeup on and their hair curled and the whole thing. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, oh shit. Like we did not prepare for this. You know, <laughs> like I was wearing like jeans and a t-shirt and like flip-flops or something. Like it was, I was so not ready. Um, but then at that point, my mom being the mom was like, no, you told me you wanted to do this. We're not leaving. Like you're going to do it. <laughs> At this point, I, I was like, never mind, never mind. My mom was like, no, I brought you here. You're going to do it. So we waited in line and I walked the runway and I got chosen. And um, one of the judges was a modeling agent in St. Louis. And I'm going to go um, have lunch with her and her daughter and her daughter's new daughter um, when I'm home at Christmas. We're still like really tight friends. And she's like a second mom to me. Um, and so anyway, it that became that like catapulted this whole thing. And then I ended up getting an agency in New York and all throughout high school, I was like traveling to New York and all over the world, um, doing jobs for West, uh, model management, which is my St. Louis one. Um, but really, uh, they put me in touch with Wilhelmina in New York. So they, they really became like my, my agent from there. Um, and yeah, I, I was able to save a lot of money doing that and travel a lot of places that 
my two parents who are teachers um, were never places in the world they never would have been able to show us that they'd never been to, which was cool. One of them always went with me. And so we got to see new places together and met a lot of cool people. Fortunately, I never had any, like, I don't have any stories of being mistreated on set or like, you know, feeling nothing that was inappropriate. Um, I definitely dealt with like dealing with rejection. If I, you know, I went to plenty of castings that I didn't get chosen for um, at age like 16, 17, 18. That was like always hard to understand and deal with. And then like we went to New York for the summers and we rent an apartment and, you know, just like I wouldn't see my friends all summer because I would go to New York and, and work and stuff. Um, but I think so many positive things, like so many things that I'm like, gosh, that really gave me a perception of the world or like a view of the world that changed my life forever. Like, I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't experience that or feel so comfortable in certain situations if I didn't experience that. Um, so I'm really grateful for having done it. Um, but I'm also for anyone who's thinking about parents who might be thinking about this or like kids who might be thinking about this. I thought I could do it all by myself and I didn't need my mom and dad to go with me and travel to everything. And now I'm like, thank God my mom or dad always came with me and I absolutely needed a chaperone and I'm really grateful that they were there to always protect me. And who knows, maybe like everything still would have been fine if they weren't there. But I believe that if anything was going to happen, it didn't happen because I always had someone who was looking out for me. Um, so that made sure that I had a really good experience and not everyone has the ability to do that. Like, you know, a parent to travel and stuff. So really grateful that that was the experience, but yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you had a really positive experience with modeling and with the modeling industry, which is awesome. But like, yeah. I guess there are quite a lot of similarities when it comes to like the way that both the modeling industry and or athletics or running in particular can and we've seen firsthand like scrutinize women's bodies what has your relationship been like with your body over time has it evolved or like have you had challenging times with it yeah for sure and it's interesting to look back on photos of myself in high school I was like oh wow I really you know I was like pretty round still like I was pretty soft and um, I mean, the funniest thing I think is like, I had boobs back then. I do not have any boobs now. They have completely disappeared. Um, Me too, I just, don't like, worry. I, just, like, I feel like out. I had big, bigger boobs when I was 12. <laughs> exactly. My, my fiance and I have been together since my junior year of high school and he gives me crap about it all the time. He's like, babe, what happened? Like, where did they go? <laughs> I was like, I don't know sorry <laughs> especially when I started doing triathlon training training in three sports I definitely any semblance of you know a womanly figure I had before is now gone <laughs> like sorry I'm a box um but no I think I was definitely um because I was only running like maybe 30 miles or 25 miles a week in high school and I wasn't cross training at all um you know it I was not, um, I know high school kids now typically run a lot more than that. Um, my dad was my high school coach and he was amazing. And he really knew if we were going to do this for a while, we need to like, you know, build up really slowly. And, and I think he just had a really good feel for like 
this is a young person. Like, I don't need to, she doesn't need to be training like a college kid. Like she's in high school. Um, he coached, has been coaching. Oh gosh, he retired last year, but he had been coaching high school athletes, first boys at an all boys school and then girls at an all girls school at my school for like, I want to say it was like over 40 years. Um, so he really knew how to do it right and has uh, my old high school team um, won the state meet the year after I left or two years after I left when he was coaching. So um, yeah, I think all that to say is like, I wasn't, I didn't look like that, like skinny, you know, scrawny prepubescent girl. Like I was like rounder and, and softer, you know, in the face and in my arms and my whole body. And, um, and, but I would be up for gigs against women who were much leaner and like much more angular and that I just didn't look like that. I looked a lot softer. Um, and so that I was, I mean, everyone compares constantly. Right. So I was doing that. I was comparing myself. And then of course, as a athlete too, you compare yourself and you think, you know, so-and-so is running faster and she's skinnier than me. And so you, you can have all these thought patterns like that. Um, but looking back, it's been interesting to me that I have been in two situations that are, I would say, like high risk for eating disorders and for um, unhealthy behavior. And I have definitely slipped into disordered eating patterns at periods of time, especially what I've identified as injury will make me slip into unhealthy eating patterns or um, exercise patterns out of a, a state of insecurity and lack of confidence when I'm dealing with injuries. And I've, I can pinpoint like a couple times where that had happened, or I can look back and be like, yeah, that was, you know, I definitely let that go too far, but I don't, I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder and I study dietetics. I'm pretty sure I've never actually got gone full-blown eating disorder. And I think the only thing I can say is that I think part of it's genetic and maybe I'm just not pre- disposed genetically. Um, but also I think, so there's like definitely a, you know, I think there's a component there that you can't like write off, but I also think I just had a really strong support system around me that, um, you know, I, they, we talked about that kind of stuff when I was modeling young and my mom was like going with me to shoots and stuff. Like we would talk through it if I didn't get a job. Um, and I was upset about it whether we could talk about it, you know, there was not like, um, I wouldn't just like hide in my room or whatever we could, we could talk. And, and I feel like there was always like, Hey, you just weren't, um, they, they were looking for a brown haired, um, you know, girl who could juggle and you have blonde hair and you don't, you know, it's just like, <laughs> they were looking for a thing and they were looking for all these people who fit into this character that they were trying to build. And you have these things, these other abilities and attributes and assets that are going to be perfect for a different role. And so instead of changing who you are, like, let's find the thing that you are made for type of, you know, that was like the conversation. Like, it wasn't that there's anything wrong with you. It was just, you didn't fit this thing that they were this kind of role this job that they were trying to fill and so we just keep it moving like let's find the one that's right for you and I feel like it's harder to do in running because running is more like 
either won or you lost, you're faster, you're slow, you know, it's very binary. And so uh, it's harder to do in that sport, in sport in general, probably. But I did, I did learn that from, you know, that age that like, it's not you and it's, it's more like them. So I think that was also, you got to, yeah, give kudos to my parents for that, that they, that wasn't ignored. I think it's really important that you, like, even if it's a hard conversation, like you need to address it and like address it head on and not let it, don't let it just fester because it's an uncomfortable conversation. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had such an amazing support system around you because yeah, I'm, I can't imagine in some situations in the modeling industry when you're going through like puberty and growing up, like that could be quite detrimental, but it sounds like, yeah, amazing how your mum had that open communication with you and like really helped you through it and see all the amazing things about you, um, even whilst being said no to. Totally. And I, and I don't mean to, I hopefully this doesn't come across as like, um, everything was hunky dory. Like there was definitely, you know, I, I was in tears at points about being upset about stuff. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like we did a good job of, of handling it, but it was not to say that it was like easy or that I never struggled or I never felt un uncool or that I never felt like, you know, self-conscious, like even social stuff was hard. I remember like I'd be on a shoot or whatever, and then I would come back and I will have had missed three days of school and I would come back and I feel like it was, I missed two weeks and I have no idea what's going on. And I'm out of all the, I don't like understand what's happening at the lunch table. People are talking about stuff that I'm like, what? Like, how did I miss that? And it was like only gone for a couple of days or like, I would just like float around. I never really found like my crew in high school. I would like kind of float around to different groups. Like I was, I missed out on um, a, like a social component during high school because of this. And I wouldn't do it any other way. I think it was worth it. Um, plus like if anyone's listening to this, who's in high school, yo, high school blows and it will get better. If it sucks for you, it's totally fine. It will get better. Um, college was amazing. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't super, especially like when I got to like junior, senior year of high school, I was kind of over it. You know, I was like, okay, um, this isn't super fun. So not to like sugarcoat the whole thing, but I wouldn't have done it any differently. I think yeah, it was an awesome experience. And if anyone is interested in doing, you know, some modeling, I just always say like, with supervision, you know, with, <laughs> with a good support system, it can be a great experience. But I also saw plenty of people who were sick. And, you know, we're struggling, and we're trying to provide for family members back home and had a way too much responsibility on their shoulders at age 17. You know, like that does happen too. And so um, there are steps to to take and things to do to make sure it's a good experience for people if that's like something you're interested in, especially at a young age. Like, even if you're like in your 20s and want to do it, it's still hard then. But yeah, like you were saying, going through puberty and doing like, and putting yourself through that, like you need a good support system. So definitely. Um, and circling back to like the, the body image piece, did you ever feel pressure like, um, you know, obviously as a professional athlete from coaches or leaders in this space to like look a certain way or like change your body and how you show up as an athlete? Yeah, not like directly, like hearing stories. I'm mind blown that like a coach could actually so directly say like, you need to weigh this amount or you need to lose this number of weight or 
you know, like making direct comments on an athlete's body. When I hear stories about that, I'm like, I couldn't imagine. Like, I've never had a coach even come close to being like, you need to lose weight. I think the only thing that I've experienced is just like overtraining. Like, I think that was probably their way of trying to get us to look a certain way was like encouraging more miles, encouraging more cross training, encouraging faster workout, like faster reps. Like if we're, you know, if the pace is 530 mile reps and we start running 525s or 520s, like it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. More and more and more. Like that's always encouraged and there is never reigning in. There was never, I think that's enough or like there was never like how are your energy levels or like my dad actually kudos to him in high school with his high school athletes. He will ask them if they're getting their period. He will check in with them and make sure that like, yeah, like, Hey, like everything good. If he's worried about anything, he'll talk to parents um, and make sure that his girls know it's normal to have a normal uh, regular period. Like bless his heart. He talks about it with them and it might make them uncomfortable, but he's actually totally comfortable with it, which is kind of hilarious. Uh <laughs> But I don't, yeah, I've never had a pro coach um, who was like, yeah, willing to like check in with me about that until um, my triathlon coach. So I, I switched to tri- a triathlon coach last year. Um, I basically got really upset about like where my injury stuff was and I thought maybe I'll make a switch to triathlon. And kind of long story short, I'm sticking with track for this season and then might go to triathlon. But I actually decided even when I'm on the track, I'm going to have this triathlon coach. And he is the only coach since my college coach. Uh, my college coach would talk to us about periods and health and eating. But my my triathlon coach will tell me about like give me fueling guidelines. He'll be like, great workout, like eat so much food today and, you know, more work coming. So like, keep eating you know (laughs) like he'll like literally text me eat so much today (laughs) like um he he will directly like head on you know talk about it um or like he actually really you guys will love this he really wants to know he wants me to put in my training peaks when I start my period so that he knows because he's he's noticed that the week before I start my period I get always get some kind of little hiccup you know you guys call it a nickel um, you know, some kind of little training, um, hiccup will happen the week before. So he wants to be tuned into when my, what my cycle is. Um, but, and then my college coach would do that, but I had a gap there as a pro my first, like seven years as a pro that it was just more and more and more training, never talk about nutrition, never talk about health, just train, 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 train. Um, so that was my introduction to like pro running was like, this is what serious like running is. Um, and now I'm like, yeah, like, oof, that was not, you know, and all of a sudden I have all this extra time, like right in college, you have so much going on that you can't even, you don't even have time to train that much because you have school and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, so I, that was my biggest period of time, I think, where I like overdid it and didn't have the support to like help guide me through that or like really rein me in I will say I think um for like good elite ath like elite athletes um the best thing a coach can do is pull them back 
um, and have them do less. And they really, there's very little motivation required from that, like very little like prodding or like holding the carrot out or there's no need for any of that. These athletes are highly motivated. <laughs> like they do not need to be <laughs> encouraged to do more. It's like your job is to hold them back from themselves, mm-hmm. hold them back and have them do less um, is the best thing that you can do. And yeah, again, not be afraid to have uncomfortable conversations about things that might feel like, you know, oh, I don't know. It's like, no, yeah, you, I mean, you probably should be talking about that. So I've seen it both ways. I've had, yeah, tie coaches who have, and, and luckily I have a coach now who's like that, but I've definitely for like seven years experienced two different coaches. So I feel like didn't do that as much. So interesting. And what about the environment when you're in that professional setting? And I know that you've been part of like the training groups before with other women. Yeah. You know, a lot of our audience do have their own running communities, obviously not at the level that you train at, but they train with other women and it's very easy to start comparing yourself to others in your training group. And I just can't imagine what it would be like as in a professional runner being in that setting where you're all trying to ultimately become the best in the world without getting caught up in what each other's doing as well as what each other's eating, how each other is recovering, training, everything. Like how how do you make sure that you're doing just what is right for you and not caring about what else is going on around you? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. You're even, I mean, in that scenario, you're often even competing for spots on teams when it comes time to like go make a team. It's you're getting on the line next to someone that you've been training with all year. Um, and living sometimes you live together we would go to altitude training camps together and it's a talk about like a pressure cooker situation where you're just with each other all the time you can't get a break from each other um and it gets to yeah it can be it can be bad I definitely have had my relationships with my teammates um on the barman track club have gotten better since I left even just because we've gotten some space to like really appreciate each other better. And, and it was just, yeah, it was such a pressure cooker situation and it is so hard to put your blinders on and be like, you know, she needs to do that. And that's, she's listening to her body and that feels right for her. And I'm going to do this because it's right for me. Um, And it feels like this is what I need to do. And there's, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat. Like people say that, but it's so hard to like live that and actually believe that like, oh, and I think for me, that was just everyone on the Barman Track Club ran 80 miles a week and they didn't cross train and they were fine. They didn't really, I mean, there were some injuries, but I would just keep continually break things when I did that. Um, And so my, um, my like kind of a fix for that was okay I would run less and cross train to make up the difference because that was what my coach and I had decided um but there was not as there wasn't really guidance for that like go cross train the difference like what does that even mean you know you're supposed to just get on I would just get on like the peloton and do a ride with like Robin Arzon or Ali Love on peloton um which was probably like you know it was just it was very willy-nilly and like very unprofessional like cross training Um, but I was trying to like make up the difference of what they would be out running. And so I would have to like do something and, um, yeah, or even just eating like things. If you go out and, and eat, like I'm a big eater. I just like eat a lot of food. Um, and I have, yeah, I have had teammates who were like rabbit eaters. Um, 
and yeah, you can for sure just get into this, like, am I, you know, am I eating too much? Like maybe that's why she's so fast is because she eats like a rabbit. It's just, everyone's bodies are different. So it's a mess. And I would just say like, you know, it's the, everyone's, I feel like advice is so solid and so sound, but it's so hard to actually practice. Like do your own thing, listen to your body. Everyone has their own way of getting to the starting line. You know, you look on the starting line at the Olympics for the steeplechase. These women all look different. There are, you know, different ways to look to achieve the same thing. And it's, it's true. It is factual, but yeah, even at the age grouper level, everyone struggles with this. I know that like everybody deals with the comparison is the thief of joy stuff. And I wish I had like a magic, you know, thing to like, this is what you do, but just, yeah, just knowing that like everybody struggles with it and you got to figure out what you need to do to make it work. Like maybe it's, that you like for me I wish I would have given myself more space away from the team like I think being in that pressure cooker situation all the time like I would have done better I don't know if I really could have done this like it was it'd be expensive but like getting my own place at altitude where I didn't have to live with the team would have I think would have helped me immensely um to like take a step back if you feel like you're just like (laughs) in this crazy overwhelming situation like kind of like taking a breather and taking a step back and looking at okay I need to like get a little distance from this to be able to like see it accurately Um, I think that probably would have helped me a lot I also will say like since leaving the team now I train mostly like maybe half and half by myself and there are plenty of days where I really truly miss being surrounded by 10 other Olympic level female athletes that, you know, there was so much good female power energy um, at that time on Bowerman and things have changed so much. But like at our heyday, we were 12 of us who were all going to the goddamn Olympics, running around a track together on a Tuesday. Like that was insane. And we like made each other so much better um, because of that. So yeah, I think it's not to like villainize that situation or like be like, it was all bad. I think there were so many positives to that, but um, to not get like wrapped up in some of the craziness of it, maybe if I had given myself a little bit more space to like do my own thing at certain times, that probably would have helped me handle some of like the comparing and, and competing that was like probably, you know, not super healthy. Yeah. That's a awesome perspective. I feel like, I've kind of experienced on a much lower level, like what you're talking about and like being in like very competitive group environments. And I can see that I'm like maybe pushing too hard too often or like comparing what I'm eating to other people. And yeah, the, the way you spoke about like just giving yourself more space so you can kind of do the things that work for you, but then take advantage of that group setting as well and like train really hard. I think that's such, such a good perspective. Yeah, because it was, I mean, it was inspiring. We were inspiring each other, you know, and that part was really cool and um, wouldn't wouldn't trade that for the world. And there's something like when you work so hard alongside other women, like that just really does bond you forever, you know? So there's so much positive that can come from that and definitely, you know, don't shy away from the group. But yeah, just like any like relationship, I guess it's like about setting boundaries and realizing sometimes it's great for you and sometimes you have to take a break and you know that's fine it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing situation 
definitely um i'd love to chat about a blog you actually did um i remember seeing this post uh you put up on instagram and i was really intrigued by it and definitely agreed um and you talked about the conflict between like um holistic training and like looking after your health and then like performing at a really high level um and you did a blog on it which was um finding happiness first reaching the pinnacle of your sport and i guess we don't understand like to the extreme levels that you and you know your olympic counterparts trained and how hard you hard you work to get to that level but how do you think um we can both perform well and at a high level and still go after you know big dreams and hopes um for ourselves but also look after ourselves as a woman and and remain happy doing it because it is such a hard balance yeah I think you're referring to the um peace over podiums blog is that right yes yeah yeah it was funny I had been like mulling over that question for a while and then I was on a run in Flagstaff with um uh actually it was uh, a dude um Mike Arishida he's a track uh, triathlon athlete who I became friends with and then like Nikki Hiltz and Emma G and Katie Camarena and probably Ellie Hennis was probably there and Hannah Steelman and I was like I've been thinking about this thing you know can you for so many years I feel like I had the like professional like I had the professional goals like I did like made the Olympics and like was making teams and stuff but I didn't really have the other parts of my life in line. Like I was doing long distance with Kevin for nine years. And um, I like, yeah, you know, I felt like I didn't really have like my personal life ducks in order, but like the running on the outside looked like it was going great. And then um, I switched sponsors in 21 and I started working with Lululemon, which really aligned with kind of like my values. And I was like, oh like this is awesome Kevin and I bought a place um in Flagstaff at Altitude and we bought a place in LA and we it's like oh now we have this great setup we have homes in both places I can go back and forth and try I don't have to do Airbnbs at Altitude anymore and so I'm getting like my all my life things are like really coming together um but then the performance part has not been there and for years um and I'm like okay can I have both? This seems tricky. Like, why do I have to pick one or the other? And so I, I was asking this group of, of athletes, like, do you guys think you can have both? Or is it just, that's just the rule of life. You can't have it all. And they were like, no, 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 you can have it both. You can both of them, Colleen. Like, I think they were like, you know, like, you'll get there type of thing. But it was a real question. It was like, can't, like, is there something that you have to sacrifice like your sanity and your well-being and your mental health and in order to achieve like Olympic level goals. And if you're not willing to sacrifice those things, you know, you can't get there. Cause you hear all these stories of these Olympic athletes who like win gold and they're miserable and you know, they, it's like not a joke. They have mental health issues and they, you know, oftentimes um, find themselves in mental health crises and it's like, oh my gosh, like, but can you actually get there without that? And so I still, you know, to cut the, to the chase, I still don't know the answer to that. I'm like, still like, I'm not sure. Um, But the way I ended my blog post was like, well, 
you know, on the one hand, it's easy for me to say, cause I've been there, right? Like I've gone to the Olympics. And so I always have like that accolade on my resume and I'm very aware of like what, what that gets me in life. Like, I think it's kind a kind of a weird relationship with it. Cause I feel like I'm like, I don't deserve you like to get some of the things that I get because of like, I've OLY after my name, it feels kind of silly, but so it's easy for me to say now because I have it on uh, on my resume but now I'm at the point where I'm like I just not, I'm not willing to sacrifice the other things in order to you know go to the Olympics like it's just not worth it for me if I have to like go live this insane life and be miserable um I just don't think it's worth it so I'm still trying to figure out how to have both because that's who I am <laughs> so I'm like I think maybe I can still have both um, this year is going to be a really interesting year. I'm I'm still dedicating myself to the track through 2024, even though people are like, are you going to be a track? Are you a triathlete now? I'm like, I know it's confusing, um, but I'm giving it one more shot on the track. And I'm actually, after saying all that, I'm actually kind of making some changes in my life to focus more on running. I think over the past few years, I've tried to find that balance and I think I've potentially gone too far in the opposite direction and not prioritized um, training and recovery and like being a professional athlete in the way that I used to in the past. And I think I went too far in the other direction in the past where I didn't have any other anything else in my life. But then, you know, the pendulum swing swung maybe too far the opposite way. So now I'm trying to like kind of nudge it back um, in, in a healthy way. But yeah, so it's always something that I feel like everyone is probably trying to deal with like this correct balance of like, I want to be an achiever, but I also want to be happy. <laughs> I want to have a life. I want to have healthy relationships, but I want like whatever the Olympics is in your life. Everyone has like an Olympic size goal, um, whatever that is in your life. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do in order to get there? And I think we're all trying to figure out like, Mm, is it yeah is it worth it and I think at the end of the day it's like if I give everything up and if I make myself crazy and I do the thing is that really gonna make me happy is that worth it and so yeah I think it's hard for everybody and I think um I'm trying to figure out yeah the right amount of dedication and seriousness and everything to be able to uh work towards amazing goals without um without losing my sanity and my um my peace I call it like do <laughs> my training partner will whenever something goes crazy she'll be like can we not have peace and so it's like I want my peace but I also want to be on the podium so we'll <laughs> we'll see how this year um how it shakes out and if I can continue to work towards that correct balance yeah it's it's such an interesting conversation because I think I, I agree with you like I think everyone struggles with trying to find the balance and actually just figure out like what makes them feel satisfied and I think when even the word happy it's like what does happy even mean you know um and like what yeah I guess some people refer to as sacrifices if you're enjoying what you're doing are they actually sacrifices that you're making like it is a I think it's uh, probably a conversation a lot of people have with themselves um, just trying to figure out like what is actually the thing that you would really want to prioritize in your life and pour all of your energy into to get the most out of yourself and to go back and look on your life and be really proud of what you've been able to achieve but 
yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you're alone so well yeah Ch- so Chelsea Sodaro is somebody who I look up to because um she is a uh, one of those athletes who like uh isn't afraid to stand up for something that she you know is really passionate about even if um it might be like controversial like her thing is um protecting her kids because she has this she talked about it in the ritual podcast recently about um her anxiety about um safety for her kids regarding shoot mass shootings at like schools and stuff um and so she takes a stand for that and so I admire her for so many things but what she said um in that podcast was that like she doesn't have balance like she's like balance is a lie like no I don't have balance like I have cut so many things out of my life that don't matter to me because all that matters is my daughter, you know, and my husband. And then like I've dedicated myself to this training. And so there's a lot of things that she just doesn't do because of that, but it's not, she's not upset about that. She's not, she's totally happy with that. Like it's not a sacrifice. Like you just said, because it's a choice. It's an intentional, it's a choice because she wants to spend her time doing the things that she loves. And it's like, I like, I don't have, infinite hours in the day so with the limited time I have I want to spend it with my daughter and like swim bike run but those are my that's what I've chosen and I kind of love that it's like yeah just like we're all trying to find this like what's the right thing what's the right balance and I love that she said she's like no I don't I'm not trying for balance (laughs) like just that's it. I think I think the word balance gets used too often and it's like totally. not balance it's like a relationship between the different parts of your life like how can that relationship flourish versus like trying to find this balance where they're completely different things and you're trying to pick between one or the other but one thing I guess we talk a lot about at Femi is just like when we use the word sacrifice it's more about like your physical body and sacrificing your health in order to get the performance gains that you want to see in your running and we talk about uh, relative energy deficiency syndrome quite a lot and try to bring awareness to women around that syndrome and awareness of how powerful having a period can be, using it as like a sign of your health. And uh, we know that you talk about your your body and your menstrual cycle quite openly. And we love that for you. Why is that so important to you? And like, also, what impact have you seen on your body when it comes to your menstrual cycle? Yeah, let's talk about periods. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like. I think I did my first post about periods a couple of years ago. And I remember, like, not thinking that much about it or like being nervous about it. But then I was like, whoa! Like when I got all these comments that like I was like, people want to talk about periods. Damn. Okay. Like, let's do it. It was so funny. Like we love that. Like women were like hungry for the conversation. They were like yeah 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 like they want to know everything and then I uh, I got an IUD I got the um copper marina IUD two years ago now I guess yeah two Octobers ago um and the people wanted to know all about that and so I think that was like a cue to me to like yeah like people are hungry for the conversation because they don't get to like have that kind of conversation that often um or like yeah hearing about they want to know like do pro athletes really get their period still? And it's like, yes. Yeah. So this has been really interesting, but um, I have had a couple times in my life where I've lost a period for a couple months. Um, Once was like the summer, of, I remember it was 2018. Um, and I sought the help from a dietitian who works for um, the U S Olympic and Paralympic committee. 
and she helped me do like a um, food diary of a few days of training and report about the training I did while I was um, during that time. And what we identified was just um, a lack of lack of calories, like a deficit of calories relative to the amount of um, workout working out I was doing. And I was like, oh, like I wasn't trying to do that, but like I was, you know, at altitude, high altitude, you are, your body's working harder just to like breathe and sleep. <laughs> and so um, I was at high altitude. I was working out a lot and I just wasn't eating enough to support um, that life. And so it took a little while for like the period loss happened like a little bit later, like the like kind of a delayed effect, but I lost my period for two months. And then when I ended my season, you know, I was eating all the things and not really working out and it came back. Um, but it was a good like lesson for me to be like, this is real. Like, it's not a game. Um, it has real effects. Like it actually does, this can happen because it had never really happened to me before. Um, it can happen. So yeah, I definitely keep an eye on it now. And like I said, my triathlon coach is like super good about like, okay, if you're going to be on the bike for five hours, like you have to eat, um, you know, I think it's 250 calories per hour that I'm on the bike. Um, so he, he'll write that in my, on my training, like he'll write, um, bring enough calories for at least 250 calories plus a coffee stop with a pastry, you know? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think now I, uh, kind of understand it better, but I think it's, yeah, a really important conversation that I try to like make sure and be really clear about, like, I'm not trying to like play games with like being coy about it. It's like, yes, I get my period every month and no, I don't think it's okay if you don't. And <laughs> like, it's just like, we don't need to like, you know, um, it's not a code. Like, let's just like be really super clear about um what yeah what the facts are yeah I love that I'm sure it's um inspiring for a lot of like young girls that look up to you as well to see like an athlete performing at such a high level with a regular menstrual cycle that is um taking care of it and considering it you know in terms of your training as well so um I think that will go a really long way uh for young girls looking up to you it's really cool to hear about your coach as well like that's the one of the dreams of Femi is that coaches and people that work with women openly speak about menstrual cycles and food and how important it is to fuel your body. So yeah, hearing your current coach and how he trains you is like um, golden. <laughs> it's crazy because he noticed that before I did. So like there have been a few times when it was like the first year of us working together and there had been a few times where... I'd gotten a little like hiccup in training um like oh this like thing popped up and like oh, and it set me back or whatever and I can't remember if I was so I wear whoop um and so I track my menstrual cycle through there that has like a little journal thing and it predicts it and then it will also tell me like where my hormone levels are at, at any day it can be like I can check in and it'll tell me what phase I'm in, maybe what, you know, a few things about what to expect about sleep or recovery or whatever. And I think I was like sharing that with him. And then he put it together. He was like, actually the last four times you've had a little hiccup. It was the week before you started your period. He was like, that's weird. And like, I hadn't even noticed it. He was the one to like start seeing a pattern. Um, and he was like, well, that seems like we should just, you know, make sure you're, um, being really careful that week and not working out too hard 
because we can't keep a, it's, it's from, it's smart from a coaching perspective. Cause it's like, we can't afford to take you out for even a few days to have this kind of like setback, even if it doesn't happen every month, we can't afford that to happen every few months. You get something that sets you back a week or something. So we're not going to take that. We're going to eliminate that risk and we're just going to, you know, um, do make that a down week. Like you were going to, you needed a down week anyway. Like we're just going to make plan it that week, just like smart coaching. Yeah. We always say that we're like, why would you ignore something that happens, um, every single month and changes like the physiology of your body and think that like you'll get the most out of your performance. So yeah, we totally agree. Like to make the most out of your female physiology and your female hormones, like we need to consider these things in training and yeah, like really cool that he's put that together for you and, and can see the patterns as well. Um, uh, it's very cool to hear. Um, we've got one more question before we uh, dive into some quick fire questions, um, but it's more about your passion for helping young girls in sport. Um, we know that young girls drop out of sport at two times the rate um, of young boys. Um, so we're very passionate about this at Phoebe as well and, and changing this space and, and keeping more young women in, involved in sport. But why are you so driven um, about this important topic and keeping young girls involved in sport long term? Yeah, I feel like I was always really encouraged to be, you know, an athlete and my older brother is four years older than me. And growing up, um, I was actually my older brother and younger sister and I were all homeschooled until high school. Um, and so we spent so much time together and I remember always like chasing him, like, you know, chasing him literally and figuratively, like trying to be as good as him and compete with him, like on everything from spelling to, you know, running, like, um, and there was never any, like, I couldn't do something because I was a girl. Like I was, we were just both kids and he, yeah, I was just, you know, wanted to be better than him because <laughs> we're both really competitive. Um, and it just kind of breaks my heart to think that, um, someone couldn't do something, um, you know sport wise athletically if they're like really competitive but someone told them oh but you can't do that because you know because you're a girl or made them feel like less than because they were a girl or um made them feel bad about oh now you have boobs and you, you know you can't be on the soccer squad anymore because you're you know hitting puberty and you're slowing down doing this like having someone talk down to you or make you feel less than make you feel like you can't do something is like that just drives me insane um so I want to be any kind of voice I can to be like you can totally do that like if you that's that which if that's what you want to do like I feel like it doesn't take that much to just if they just need one person to believe in them I feel like that I've had a few people along the way but it was always like that one person that stood out that told me like for example my college coach um when she saw me running in high school, she was like, I want you to come to Florida State. Um, I'm going to give you a full ride and I want you to run steeplechase. I had never even hurdled over anything in my life at that point. But she, this woman was telling me she was going to bring me to Florida and give me a full ride to do this thing. And I was like, oh, like, okay. And then I did it my freshman year and I was um, fifth at NCAAs my freshman year. And I remember getting off the podium and seeing her and and she looked at me dead in the eye and she said, you're going to be a national champion in the steeplechase before you graduate. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, um, but it, yeah, I just feel like it doesn't take that much 
if just like one person tells you that you can do it um so even if yeah if I'm if I meet someone um at an event or whatever like actually recently when I was at the New York City Marathon I met this girl uh who came to I just like posted up at a Lululemon event and put on my Instagram and she came by and she was just like hanging around for like kind of a while we finally like got to talk and there was she I think she was waiting that's what it was to like everyone else kind of like went through and then she was kind of the last one and we got to talking and since there was no one behind her we were like talking for a while and then she started telling me about how she had gotten injured and learned how to swim and all this stuff and I was like and then you know she got kind of emotional like she started crying and then I started crying and then we were just like crying together about (laughs) about injuries and running and stuff and I was like dang like I didn't even I've never met her before but she has kept going and now she does triathlon and she kept doing it because of me and we never even I never even got to meet her and I was like I only you only have to be one voice of one person telling you like you can do it like there is a way if you want if you want to continue um you can and I was like that's so cool and so sometimes I feel like it doesn't matter or like who's listening, but then I'll have an experience like that. I'm like, yes, like that's all you need is to be one voice saying you got this, like, um, and it can make a difference. So she's still, she's still training and, um, you know, doing sports. So yeah, I think it, it does matter. Mm, that's so cool. I'm like so excited for the next generation of young girls coming through, you know, because they have access to see women like yourself and other incredible female athletes around the world doing these amazing things and like really see themselves in all of you as well and it's just it's really hopeful for the future of women's sport um we just had the women's world cup down here in australia and new zealand this year and just like the movement that made you know i hope that you felt it up there in the u.s too just like the impact it had on on women's sport as a whole not just in football has been amazing so i think the future is very bright thanks to people like yourself yeah i just watched that netflix documentary about the u.s women's national team and how like the the level of competition in um soccer has just been totally amped up in the past few years um because of the interest in the sport and like the US women's national team like setting the bar and then the other teams freaking met that you know they stepped up to the plate and they they elevated their game too and so now it's like really competitive they can't just go in there and win the whole thing like they got knocked out pretty early but I think the the message was like yeah we got like knocked out really early but like this is a good thing for the sport like it's really good now everyone's really good now you know Mm -hmm. um and I think yeah just like bringing that level of like elevation is it can be kind of tough because you're like dang I had to be I actually feel that way in the steeplechase like I used to be make the team and now it's like dang this is really like there's a lot of chicks out there gotta beat to make the team but it's a good thing for this sport yeah uh yeah it's um it's crazy how fast women are running at the moment as well it's just like insane but so cool to see these achievements we have two very quick five questions to wrap things up the first one being if you were to go back and tell your younger self something uh say your 15 year old self what would you go back and tell her Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I feel like this, I've gotten this question so much and I always change it because it always depends on like what I'm going through right now. Um, hmm. 
one thing I'm thinking about right now is like phases of life and how like you only have one life but you there's so many different phases of life and as you go through that different phase like what you care about and what you spend your time on changes right like um I think I was thinking about this with like a friend of mine who has a young child and she's like in this phase of life where it's like all hands on deck for the kid and it seems crazy to me because I don't have kids but I'm like it's just a it's a phase like it'll ha- it'll happen and then the next phase something else will be going on but um yeah I feel like as a young person like in high school like what you care about now it seems like so important it seems like everything but just like maybe just know that it's just a phase and um the next phase is going to be totally different and it's going to be a totally different challenge and a different adventure um but that's kind of fun to think about like that I love that and like all the different phases lead to more wisdom and you can relate to other people's experiences more um but yeah that's really cool I would have liked to hear that when I was 15 as well um and the last question I think this one is like um a bit of a tough question to hit you with right at the end um but it is quick fire so (laughs) don't don't stress too much about it and we acknowledge that it's probably you know ever changing and evolving throughout your life as well um but like currently what would you say your purpose is in life right now come on (laughs) just a quick one for you (laughs) oh my gosh I hate you both (laughs) my purpose in life um what is that Beyonce song um to be happy (laughs) (laughs) miss third ward (laughs) (laughs) um It's funny because like, uh, what was that earlier when I was like, oh, and is that thing like the Olympic gold medal or whatever going to make you happy? Um, And Lydia, you were like, what is happy anyway? <laughs> like, what is that? It's like, yeah, like I want, I feel like in my life, I'm like wanting to be like, you know, just like having fun and like enjoying all these things that like I have, right? Like I'm like, I'm living the dream. And there's sometimes where I'm like, why am I not happy? Like I should be happy with all the things. Um, so I feel like purpose is a weird thing for me right now, but I think one thing I'm trying to do is just be more like less, like, I don't know, like less driven and like goal oriented and like check the box oriented and more like bring more fun, bring more like silly, playful joy kind of things in. Um, so that, doesn't answer your question at all but it's like almost like purpose for me is like so serious and so um I have to like be working towards this purpose and actually right now I feel like I'm more like I need to like be less like that I need to be like more silly and playful and lighthearted and uh, enjoying like all the amazing things and be like less worried about like where it's all going because yeah oftentimes I've gotten to where it all is going and it's like well there's just yeah there's just another thing now like there's just now there's like another purpose so maybe the answer is just like there is no purpose (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, I feel like that just relates to what we talk about at FEMI all the time as well. You know, like we don't use the word goal setting because it's like so much pressure when you set a goal about a particular outcome. But we talk about like setting intention because you're never going to get to like the end of setting an intention, but you could live with intention every single day. So I think that relates to what we talk about all the time. So um, yeah, you're very much on board with us. Perfect. Yes, we're setting intentions, not goals. I like that too. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know we've very much run over time, but appreciate you so much coming on the FemiPod. I know both Esther and I have been so excited to talk to you for a long time because of that, the fact that you align to Femi so well. And we're so grateful for your time today. And we'll tag you into our show notes to anybody listening that I'm sure everybody probably already does follow you, but if they don't, go along and check you out. Um, you've got a massive following and you're doing such incredible work. So yeah, thanks for the work you do and thanks for today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And if um, I'm trying to get the word out about my newsletter and I've recently realized that some people have followed me for a really long time still don't know that I have a newsletter. And I'm like, guys, it's free. I don't do it every month. I try to do it every month, but like I haven't done one for December yet because life be lifing. But it's on my website at Colleen, www.colleenquigley.org. She's an organization. And there'll be just like a link at the top um, for the newsletter. And it's free to subscribe. And I'll get into your inboxes with like life updates and race things. And that's where I sent out that link to the um, Peace Over Podiums um, article that I wrote. So you'll get like little nuggets every now and again of whatever's be happening over in this corner of the world. So yeah. Amazing. Well, we'll pop that in the show notes too. So don't worry about it. People can go direct there. <laughs> I appreciate you gals. Thanks so much. And yeah, again, thanks for all the work that you do to just support the, the women in the community. And I know they appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much.